Welcome to The Radical. I'm Nick Turzo. Today's show is a preview of one of my all-time favorite events, South by Southwest. As a 32-year veteran, it's always exciting each year to see what the new edition of this festival delivers. Watching South by continue to thrive through its many growing pains, free speech challenges, and this year's event morphing to a full-on virtual conference has always impressed me. I'm extremely fortunate to have as my guest South by Southwest Chief Programming Officer, Hugh Forrest. You won't ever meet a more passionate, thoughtful, or level-headed person as Hugh, and my respect for him is boundless. He has managed to conceptualize, iterate, and grow South by Southwest Interactive into one of the world's greatest thought leadership events. Coming up, a very special preview of the 2021 edition of the South by Southwest Festival with Hugh Forrest. Uh, welcome, Hugh Forrest. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on. It is great to be here. Great to catch up with you. Um, we always uh, enjoy some witty and insightful conversations, so I'm looking forward to that uh, over the next few minutes. The same, and I appreciate you making time because I know this is um, probably a moment for you when you're kind of in a blender right now at this point in your calendar um, with South by coming up. Um, and I just want to like start off like what? I mean, last year had to be just a nightmare for you when you kind of got in that vice of COVID right at the beginning of it. I mean, how did you guys manage through kind of the 2020 conference? Well, yeah, nightmare is a fair way, uh, a pretty fair assessment. Um, I think we, like most people in the U.S., relatively underestimated um, the impact of the uh the virus would have initially, um, but certainly by, you know, and I'm saying initially when we first were reading reports of this out of Asia, by early to mid-February, we were, this was high on our radar. We were meeting frequent, frequently with APH, which is Austin Public Health, uh, to talk to them about uh, the, the safety requirements we would um we would need to implement to go forth with South by Southwest. And uh, it, it seemed like it would be a go. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, late February and March, everything started to change very, very quickly on March 7th, I believe, either March 6th or March 7th, the city canceled South by Southwest um, for safety reasons. There was, uh, you know, on that date at that time, um, it was that was a relatively new thing. And uh, there was certainly a portion of our community, a portion of our staff thought, well, damn, we could have done this. We should have done this. But in in retrospect, it you know, we would have been it would have been a disaster to do it. I think that. um mm. You know, we often say that uh, in our best days, South by Southwest is a preview of the future. You you come to the event to hear a band, uh, you know, hear a band that won't make it big for a couple of years, but you heard them when you were young to to investigate a technology or a founder or a startup that that goes on and accomplishes big things for a filmmaker. I, I think in a way we were the same 
serve that same function with the pandemic where um, we were really one of the first big, big things in the U.S. to uh, cancel because of COVID. Again, in retrospect, it was 1,000% the right uh, thing to go, but certainly at the time, we were all new to this. And, um, you know, 11 months later, we're not new to this, and it's uh, seeming pretty old, but uh, the virus is going to do what the virus is going to do, right? Right. And did... I mean, normally in an average year, I mean, would Austin Public Health be in conversations with you guys anyway, just because of the size of the crowd that comes in or not really? Uh, not not so much APH, yeah. um, but certainly working significantly with various authorities. And unfortunately, in the last few years, that has meant Homeland Security. Um, you recall a few years ago, we had a... a, a bombing incident in Austin that happened, started before South by Southwest. And there was an instance during South by Southwest. We have, uh, the, the upside of that is we had, we had done staff training to, on how to deal with a problem like that. So there was a little bit of muscle memory, but certainly with the, um, size and scale that South by Southwest has been fortunate enough to grow to in the last 10 years or so, um, the, the focus on safety is, has we've doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on that. Um, just understanding that with that many people uh, in a relatively small uh, section of Austin, um, uh, safety has got to be uh, the, the highest priority and highest concern. But again, to your question, there hasn't been, um, the safety is, has typically been uh, for other challenges as opposed to a, a virus. Right. Understood. And I mean, this year, is this the first time that it's going to go all online? I mean, last year you didn't get, did you get any programming online in 2020? In 2020, we did uh, about six weeks of content beginning in uh, early May and going through June where we did twice a week uh, live um sessions with some of the speakers who had been scheduled to speak at South by Southwest, a few new ones. Um, so there was some of that. Uh, we have done live streams before, uh, probably the, 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 the two most famous and kind of interesting to put them back to back was we had Edward Snowden as a live stream, uh, live from Moscow. And that was his first kind of public appearance. Um, and then I was there for that one. <laughs> <laughs> a few years later, we had uh, Barack Obama speaking in Austin, and that was live streamed for free also. So we've done live streams before, but we certainly have not done anything um, of the scale that we're attempting or that we're executing for 2021, which is an entirely uh, virtual event. Right. How, and how many sessions will 2021 be? We'll have a, a, a slightly smaller footprint in 2021 than what we would have for a real-life event, um, what we had planned for 2020 and what we hope to go back to in 2022. Typically, um, uh, in a real-life event, real-world event, we would have um, 1,500 to 1,700 total sessions. 
this year for uh, the South by Southwest Online 2021, that'll be cut down to 300. But you know, that's that's uh, going from a a five room buffet to a three room buffet. Okay, it's still a, a, a large buffet and all kinds of very very cool content, just not quite as large as it was uh, previously. Did you guys have to create your own? Uh, platform for that or did you guys find something that could facilitate that for you uh no we we we, we're going with a third party i mean we just uh we talked a lot about this debated a lot about this was it better to develop our own uh platform or go with go with another vendor and ultimately we felt that with so many new variables for an online event it was better to go with a a third party um uh, again, it is, um, you know, we have, we have 30 years or so experience in producing live events. Uh, we're certainly, um, not perfect in producing live events, but we've learned a lot over those 30 years. Uh, producing a virtual event is something that is completely new to us. And there's a fairly steep learning curve. Uh, we're, we're still learning a lot. And again, uh, the, the decision to go with the third party app just was, okay, well, let's, let's take one, you know, have one less factor to try to deal with here as opposed to building our own thing. Right. I would, uh, th- there may be a possibility down the line, uh, 2022, 2023, that we would build our own platform for something like this. I think the future of Southwest and or other events um, will be hybrid so that there will be a significant virtual offering as well as a in real life component, Um, you know, vaccine willing and all that. Uh, So I I think there's a a strong chance we would uh, create our own technology in the future, but again, not something for 2021. Right. Now, were you able to, with a limited kind of thing on your plate? Now this runs March 16th through 20 this year. Is that the right dates? Yeah, the, the Southwest, Southwest Online is March 16th to 20th. So that's that's also a slightly smaller footprint than what we had been doing over the last decade or more when it was essentially a nine or 10 day footprint. And even so for 2021, it's five days. Even at that, it may be a day or two long in the sense that uh, we I think we all have experienced Zoom fatigue, um, computer fatigue and uh uh, a little bit worried that that people won't have um, the patience or the the uh, ability to to uh, to go throughout those five days. But again, that'll be a learning experience for us. There's so much uh, of this this uh, is and will be for 2021. Right. Were you able to? I mean, with the sessions kind of being more condensed this year, were you still able to introduce any new tracks into that? We've done. Uh, um, you're, you're revealing all your inside knowledge, which is a good thing, Nick. And, and uh, <laughs> let me give a little more context there. Uh, for the past, um, again, decade, if not more, we've organized conference content into tracks. So for instance, a, uh, future of music track or a, uh, a sports track or a um, startup track. And one of the reasons for doing tracks was um, it helped people to understand geographically where content would be in Austin. You could say 
that the cannabis track was at the, uh, you know, at the, at the Hilton and the, the, the new space track was at the JW Marriott. In an online world, uh, i.e. for 2021, we'll still have tracks, but I think that organizing principle becomes um, kind of less relevant uh, because, again, there's not that, that, uh, that real-world geography that, that um, is less important. What we have done for 2021, which is a very different approach than, than what we've done for the previous 30 years, is that uh, we came up, uh, started working about a year ago on putting together what we wanted to be the themes for 2021. So we came up with uh, seven themes, again, started on this in January 2020. Um, uh, strangely, the themes <laughs> proved to be very pernicious for everything we've been through over the last uh, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Um, the theme that seems to have gotten the most traction is uh, titled A New Urgency, um, which is just about how uh, everything needs to change. And, and we've seen that certainly in the, in the wake of, of COVID, um, how COVID is, is created in a new urgency. Another theme that has gotten a lot of traction this year is, is a theme called Challenging Text Path Forward which um, is extremely relevant in terms of the conversation of uh, is, is the Biden administration really going to look at breaking up big tech? Um, what would that mean? Uh, but but the, the basic idea or philosophy behind these themes was um, that we would be a little more setting the table and the agenda of these are the kinds of things we want to cover at 2021, at the 2021 event, as opposed to um, putting that more on the community. And that's a little bit of a shift or, or a lot of a shift in, in terms of how we've approached the conference portion of the event where we typically uh, use this app called the panel picker. People send in people in the community, quote unquote, send in speaker ideas. Uh, we, we work with the community, work with the advisory board, which we've been a part of, you have been a part of to, to pick out the best ideas and, I liken it to it's it's Christmas morning when you see the panel picker entries. Wow, what did we get this year? That's really cool. And and again, um, the process of having themes for this year was a little bit more like this is what we want this year. Um, put put your ideas into these frameworks, and and I think it worked pretty well. Um, uh, generally, the the ideas um, flowed into to these seven concepts. Uh, I think it will make it a little bit easier to digest the conference portion of the event. And, and again, it also frames the, the things that we want to cover um, in a way that we haven't particularly done in the past. Do you think that's something you might continue on? Uh, because in some ways I'm surprised because in some ways I thought there was always maybe a theme in there, you know, somewhere or maybe a couple. So it seems like it'd make total sense for you guys to kind of lay out. Yeah, those. Ab absolutely. I think that's what will, um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll continue this approach moving forward. I, I think that, um, uh, that, that having themes like this reflects, uh, our growing understanding and, uh, maturity and embracement that we are a platform, uh, that we have a responsibility in setting the tone for the conversation as opposed to, um, 
where we were for quite a while where, well, we're a neutral platform. We're going to, you know, we'll, we'll uh, we, we uh, will put on the table, whatever the community wants on the table. And this is us taking, uh, understanding our role here, better understanding our role and responsibility here and um, framing the conversations we have. Uh, I mean, I think that in the past we have had, um, you could look at an event uh, and, and pick out a theme. Uh, but I also think that, um, you know, we were a different theme to a different person. Uh, if you were a, um, a startup person, you saw that this was the theme. If you were a music person, you saw that this was a theme and, and you were right. Cause there were a lot of sessions or a lot of traction on, on that particular topic. Um, that will continue to be the case where you can find, you know, create your own themes at the event. But again, we'll have uh, a little more of a uh, uh, oversight and direction of this uh, theme process. In like a year, like how much post um, kind of participant feedback do you guys ingest like to kind of plan going forward? And does that feedback have more to do with the physical experience of it or is it, more driven towards content or is it all those things? I think it's all those things. And, I, and I'm a huge, huge believer in, in uh, trying to digest as much feedback as possible. Um, <clears throat> that in many ways is because uh, the event is just so, uh, so large and expansive that um that reading feedback is a, <clears throat> excuse me, a great way to understand uh, more of what happened at the event that, uh, that we didn't physically see uh, uh, witness on site. So we will typically spend, my staff and I will typically spend a month to six weeks after the event pouring through feedback um, and uh, trying to, break down the event that way, decide what was good, decide or get a better context on what we did well and what we need to improve on a lot. I will say that that is a, at many times, a very painful and sobering process <laughs> in the sense that when the event happens, uh, you typically get um, a lot of positive feedback where people say, I had a great time this year. You know, this is one of the highlights of my my year. I, I, I got a new job here last year. I met my significant other. It's, it's so much great things to do. And so you're riding a little bit of a high after the event and, and you start to read feedback and it's, you know, you suck, you suck more, you suck really more. <laughs> and, uh, that, but that's good. That's a, that's a good thing to be, uh, to, um, understand that, uh, or try to take a balanced view there that is, is for all the good things you've done and for all the things that you thought you, uh, had fixed, there's always more to fix. And, and so try to, to take a balanced approach there and try to also understand that, um, that, that criticism, uh, can ultimately lead to more positive things. I think one of the things, or I know one of the things we often do is, uh, try to, uh, while the feedback is anonymous, we can uh, hack some ways to reach out to people and and ask them more about <clears throat> their feedback, particularly when it's not positive feedback. And uh, that often has a um, 
produces a really uh, uh, robust conversation. Wow, I can't believe someone actually read my feedback and takes the time to to connect with me. That that uh, that idea, that process reflects a um, just a belief that I have um, initially was. Uh, 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 came from this book called the clue train manifesto, which came out early two thousands. And one of the, the uh, quotes that I remember most from that book and that I try to always um, uh, think about uh, easy quote to remember, and I'm, I'm simple, so I can't remember long quotes. It's markets or conversations. And, and uh, so the more you can converse with your community, with your uh, people who say you're great, people who say you, you uh, need to improve, uh, the stronger you can make your market, the stronger you can make your product, the stronger you can make that community. And uh, that has been a formula for helping us uh, <clears throat> improve and move and, and move forward in the past. And I think it will continue to be in the future. And with success and the success you've all had, um, you know, it seems like it draws out more malcontents um, as <laughs> the more successful you get. So it's interesting how you can keep building on it because I know there's just a malcontent factor that loves this, you know, kind of take down success sometimes, um, you know, cause it's something about having possession of it. Right. When, look, I went to South by Southwest in 1989, the first time, right. When you started there, right. Um, we didn't meet then, but so, I mean, I felt like a possession of South by Southwest because of what it was then, you know, when there was only a thousand of us or whatever it was in 89. Um, well, so I can I think, see where people's meant. I think with anything, uh, as you have success, um, there's a tendency to have more critics and that's, that's part of the game. I think you have to accept that as part of the game, but I also think that, um, a lot of the technological innovations and a lot of the technological innovations that have sprung out of South by Southwest have, um, have accelerated that, uh, that process of criticism <coughs> of negative feedback. I'm talking social media here. Um, we didn't, you know, back in 1989, uh, we didn't have a Twitter or a Facebook or a TikTok or whatever to, to write that, this, this is not good. Um, we do have it now. Uh, and, um, there are a lot of pluses to social media. There's, there's certainly a lot of things that, um, are, are drawbacks that, uh, again, we're, we're all trying to, to, I think, figure out how to make this more balanced in the future. Um, it's certainly a conversation that will be very, very prevalent at Southwest Southwest 2021 about, improving community and improving social media. Cool. And not that, not that so negative what, talk um, on social media is a bad thing. I don't want to necessarily say that. I think that, that there's a place for that also, but um, when we were, you know, pushing the, the, the social media Kool-Aid at, at South by Southwest 20, uh, 2008, 2009, 2010, when we were really one of the epicenters for um, the social media revolution, I don't think anyone or few people quite envisioned uh, what the long-term consequences of um, these kind of private personal uh, networks would be. Um, and, here we are now. <laughs> right. And is some of that tribalism, you know, that we see throughout the country, um, 
pick your side. Um, have you had to deal with that? Like in the context of the conference, you know, giving everyone some voice or, I mean, how do you do? I mean, cause it has to become prevalent in anywhere where there's a thought leadership or something of your high profile that is South by South. Well, certainly one of our biggest missteps, um, in the last 10 years was we got, uh, unfortunately involved and embroiled in, in Gamergate, um, uh, 2015, I believe. Um, and, uh, again, it kind of reflects what I said earlier about the pandemic. Um, uh, we, we, um, made some significant missteps, um, in terms of how we dealt with this content, but it was also a really early introduction, um, for, um, the alt-right, uh, for us understanding the alt-right and the, the power of the alt-right within social media. Uh, I will say that we were fairly naive on that before going into Gamergate, much less so, um, afterwards. Uh, but that is certainly, uh, when you ask if we've dealt with that tribalism, that was the, um, worst case scenario there. I, I know that, that, that experience um, has informed us to be um, even more careful in terms of how we program the event um, and even more mindful of uh, what some of the limits are of, of the event and how, um, how that uh, should inform and um, guide our programming decisions. Awesome. So speaking of that, what are you excited about for like upcoming in March? Like who are we going to hear from? I mean, there's still keynotes, I assume. Um, what's coming up? Give us a little preview. It's all coming up, Nick. Um, <laughs> the first keynote that we announced, uh, and we've got many more in the works, but as of our taping of this podcast, uh, they're all still behind the, uh, behind the curtain. Uh, we announced Willie Nelson as a keynote, uh, strange and hard to believe that in, 30 plus years of South by Southwest. Willie has never spoken at the event. He's performed at the event a few times. Um, I really, really incredibly excited and proud to have Willie involved with the event. If you think about Austin as a epicenter of creativity, of weirdness, quote unquote, of, of do your own thing, make it your own way. There, there's really no one who, embodies that more than, than, than Willie, um, uh, you know, he, uh, what he did in the seventies, the um, how, how, uh, his ethos reshaped the, the city and how that ethos still, still powers the city. So again, incredibly excited to have him involved with the 2021 event. Um, Otherwise, excited um, about a lot of the uh, various tracks and programming we've got. One of the things that we added into the mix uh, in 2020, but, but didn't happen because 2020 didn't happen, was we added a space track. Um, and uh, so that will, will finally come to fruition this year. Uh, space is something that is um, having another moment uh, because of... SpaceX because of uh, Virgin Galactic, um, uh, you can argue that that 
you know, space is beginning to become a little more approachable in the way that um, technology became more approachable to, to more people 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, you can also argue and, and effectively that, you know, we need to have a more coherent space policy uh, in the U.S. and around the world very soon because so much stuff is happening in the heavens above us that we're not fully aware of and uh, we need to become more aware of that. So excited to have that space content at South by Southwest. Um, another thing that- How many panels will that be? Like how, what would that encompass? We've got, uh, I think, 15 or so sessions on space, a couple of uh, featured uh, speakers also, um, someone we're announcing today, uh, which I'm really excited about is this gentleman named Avi Loeb, who is a astrophysicist at Harvard. He's got a book coming out, uh, in February, um, that argues that, uh, aliens have already made contact with, uh, uh, with, with earth. Um, that's fascinating to me. That's the kind of cool, uh, stuff that I, that I love highlighting at South by Southwest, the, the, you know, kind of, um, a little bit outside the box, challenging your ideas of creativity, um, meeting of a lot of different, uh, concepts. Uh, so really excited about that. Also excited about, uh, uh, the, the cannabis track that we, uh, added in, in, uh, 2019, there's certainly a lot of movement there, a lot more States, um, uh, decriminalizing and <clears throat> cannabis. And, and for all the entrepreneurs that come to South by Southwest, there are lots of opportunities there. Uh, so, so that's fascinating. Um, we've got lots of people from lots of different creative industries involved with South by Southwest. And I think that's one of the things that uh, involved with this year's event. And I think that's one of the things that always makes the event so interesting and so compelling and so unique is that, uh, it's not just creative people from the music industry or creative people from the film industry or creative people from the tech industry. It's creative people from all these industries coming together, um, understanding, what they can learn from each other, how they can create um, new ideas together, new friendships, new partnerships. Um, and that is, that is uh, again, the uniqueness of the event and something that uh, always makes me very excited. As it should. You should be very proud. Thank you, Nick. Um, you should. Um, and will this year, like, will it be music performances live streamed? Is there film still? Um, is education gone now or does education still exist? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can look at that in yeah, a broad so, context of things. That's the headline. <laughs> Education is gone in 2021. <laughs> Man bites dog tomorrow. Um, there is still uh, the EDU event um, happens the week before South by Southwest. EDU has been uh, one of the fastest growing aspects of South by Southwest. Certainly uh, poised, I think, to, to grow even more in 2021 and in the future in the sense that you know, one of the industries that, that, that COVID and the pandemic have impacted uh, so significantly is the education um, industry with, with uh, almost everyone going to a, uh, to a, at least some portion of, of educate from home and how that changes models long-term. So yes, there is still an education event. There is still a music festival and a film festival and a comedy festival. Um, there will be showcases, band showcases, 
We'll have fewer of those in 2021 than we had previously, but still way too much for any one music fan to devour lots of film fest content. Again, slightly fewer uh, films than we've had than we would have had in 2020, but again, a, a huge amount um, covering all different aspects. So, you know, uh, as always, it, it uh, we bring together. <clears throat> Creativity in all different types um, showcase that uh, and hopefully give people inspiration. And in a year like uh, like we've had the last 12 months, uh, people need lots of information, right? Uh, in, information and inspiration, correct? Inspiration for sure, for sure. So, um and how have you like through the years, I mean, you know, you've done your position for a while. I mean, I guess it's iterated right out of a multimedia into interactive. Um, how have you kept like your own creativity kind of going in this and like making sure you don't get too blinded or siloed like in your thinking? Um, that's a great question, Nick. I think that, uh uh, I'm a huge, or I know I'm a huge believer in the power of community. Uh, the, the systems that we have built at South by Southwest and we rely on a lot, uh, really leverage that, that, um, that, that community aspect. Uh, I'm specifically again, talking here about the panel picker interface where people from all over the U S all over the world enter their speaking proposals. Um, and, uh, uh, reading through those ideas, browsing through those ideas always is something that, um, inspires me, inspires me that, that, wow, so many people want to be involved with this event. There's so many great ideas out there. Um, and inspires me in the sense that the, that the panel picker serves many functions. One of which is just, wow, I didn't realize this was a thing. Um, uh, and so it's kind of a barometer of, new thinking, new ideas. Um, that has been one of the ways and one of the most effective and efficient ways that I've kind of mitigated the, uh, burnout factor here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I have a, a wonderful job where, um, that celebrates creativity, that fosters creativity where the, you know, underlying bottom line goal is, showcase creativity in all its forms and figure out ways that you can pull creative people together. So that's, that's pretty neat, right? It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Have you this year noticed a difference? Um, look, there's always a contingent of people from all over the world, even when it's physical, but have you noticed any kind of an increase this year now that you're going virtually like um, those people participating more from around places you'd never thought would be involved. Yeah. Uh, great point there. I mean, what, and really interesting on a lot of levels. Um, we've certainly seen a large increase in international participation over the last, um, decade. Uh, I mean, there, there'd been international participation at South by Southwest since day one in 1987, but again, really accelerated in the last decade to the point that, uh, in 2019, 25%, you know, a quarter of our registrants were from outside the U.S. I think it's really the, the, the one time in Austin where you hear lots of different foreign languages on the street. Um, so that's neat. That's something that I'm 
really proud of and really excited about to bring people together and particularly excited and proud of in the context of the America First dialogue that we've had in the last four years. Um, but I also think that or also know that that having so many, uh, such a large portion of the audience coming in from uh, outside the U.S. made us particularly vulnerable when COVID hit. Um, uh, you know, I mean, there, there, there might've been a, a, some scenario where U S based attendees could, U uh, S folks could attend South by Southwest last year, but certainly the international stuff was a whole different ball game. Um, so again, that created challenges, but I will also say that for 2021, uh, we've had even more international participation in terms of badge buyers. And that makes sense that, I mean, one of the, the, big advantages of a virtual event is, Hey, I don't have to travel. I mean, I, I love traveling. I love getting on a plane, but it's a hassle. It's a hassle to find a hotel in Austin or find an Airbnb to get from the airport to that, to that, to that hotel virtual event. I just click on and I'm there. Um, uh, I think another huge advantage of a virtual event is the price point is lower. Um, or, or in the, the current vernacular, we democratize access. So it's opened us up to a whole new audience, um, a lot of which has been international. We certainly hope that uh, them attending the event virtually in 2021 makes them want to attend in, in real life in 2022 or 2023. But, it, but again, the, the virtual nature of the event um, uh, opens us up to, to whole different audiences and markets, um, particularly uh, audiences and markets outside the U.S. To that end, I'll say that that for the online event, um, it will broadcast 24, 24 hours a day. Um, so uh, there'll be a, a set, essentially a schedule for uh, audiences in um, the Western Hemisphere in those time zones. And then uh, audience is uh, another uh, time frame for our friends um, in the Pacific Rim from Asia uh, and uh, in that sense, starting to, to accommodate uh, all this international participation that we have at the event. That's awesome. So let's get these dates straight. So, so interactive is March 16th through 20th. Tuesday, March 16th through Saturday, March 20th. Um, there will be uh, a portion of the content will be available via channels, i.e. at, you know, 10 a.m. on Wednesday, March 17th. Nick Turzo is talking about podcasting 101 tips. That'll bring him in. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> really, we need to, to increase the server uh, capacity for that one. And then a portion of the content will be essentially uh, video on demand that I can access this session at, at any given time. Uh, and, and that follows, uh, I think, a lot of, of what we have um, seen other events do and other events do successfully. Uh, but it also, uh, again, reiterating some of the things I've talked about uh, earlier is that, you know, if we talk about industries that needed disruption or were ripe for disruption, the the event conference festival business is one of them. We've we've run a certain way. Most of us have run a certain way for 20 or 30 years. Uh, and we're all, COVID has forced us to make a 10-year leap forward in in the space of six to eight to nine months. So um, lots of things we're learning, uh, learning on the fly. We, we think they'll work well. 
We'll see. Right. And with a VOD kind of thing going on, um, which, you know, video on stream or video on demand is becoming much more popular. I mean, can we expect that there's a South by Southwest channel coming somewhere? I think that... <laughs> Have you guys ever entertained Yeah, that? I think that we've talked about that for many years and just not been able to execute as successful as we'd like of having, you know, moving South by Southwest from a five-day event in March or a 10-day event in March to a 52-week-a-year uh, channel of content. I think that, uh, or I know that... Uh, the event that's done that the best of any event is TED, um, where they've, you know, uh, taken their their content, particularly from the flagship event in Vancouver, pushed it out into smaller chunks, created that, um, uh, you know, enhanced the brand that way. Um, we've done some of that and had some success, but not as much success as we want. I hope that uh, doing the online event in 2021 is a pathway to us uh, accomplishing that more successfully in the future. Right. Awesome. So pitchers and catchers report February 13th. I don't know how it's possible that someone who was a native Austinite could become a Boston Red Sox fan. I say this is a Yankee fan, but how's your team going to do this year Uh, before we leave? Um, I, I think that, uh, my expectations are low. Um, uh, the context here is that, that one of the things Nick and I continually talk about, uh, uh, or have talked about for the last five, 10 years is our <laughs> respective baseball allegiances. And, uh, unfortunately we're on the different sides of the offense on, on this particular one. He's for the bad guys and I'm for the good guys. Um, <laughs> That's right. (laughs) But uh, I will say that, um, you know, one of the changes in my life over the last few years is uh, the um, sign stealing scandal that cost Alex Scora his job the first time around has really diminished my interest in the Red Sox, um, Mm. which I never thought would happen. And I'm to an extent glad that it happened because I, I spent way too much time worrying about them. In the past, I, I think I have a more objective view of them now, and um, uh, they they don't quite occupy the the uh, <laughs> the amount of energy in my psyche that they have in years past. I've got uh, to your question, I've got some pretty low expectations for them in 2021, but maybe they'll exceed those expectations, and I'll be pleasantly surprised. There you go. So I, I won't set my predictions out, but I say 110 wins, and then they just they just and they just and they just stumble the rest of the way and get nowhere. 110 wins. Yeah, well, nice low expectations there, Nick. So we. My pleasure. Anyway, <laughs> spoken like a true Yankee fan. Yeah. Well, so, this um, is the well, has and have for, not economy, right? <laughs> thank you so much for doing this, Hugh, and I wish you guys best of luck this year. I think this iteration is going to be really fascinating to see how it turns out for you guys. It's always fun so. to talk to you about South by Southwest and about uh, lots of other things. Um, I'm honored to have been a guest on the podcast. You've got some. You've had some real rock legends and legends of the music industry on this podcast and there's me. So, uh, uh, you know, you're legendary or you wouldn't be on here. So don't, don't be so humble. So, but we love the South by Southwest family. Sorry that they had to go through 2020, but, uh, good things coming. And I will say uh, in parting, Nick, um, 
Uh, as always, the best source of information about South by Southwest is sxsw.com. Uh, if your listeners have specific questions, you can always reach out to me via email, hugh at sxsw.com. I don't do many things well in life, but I respond to emails pretty quickly. You really do. It's, it's pretty remarkable. So thank you. Thanks, Nick. Stay healthy. Yourself as well. All right, mate. See you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening this week. To follow what's going on with this podcast, you can go to theradicalpod.com. Theradicalpod.com. You'll find show notes and past episodes and uh, even a little swag there if you want a t-shirt or a hat. I would be honored if you'd subscribe at Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Till next week.